We're back. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. You know, Wesley, in the last segment, we talked about the importance of our generation, especially the believers of our generation, getting involved in politics and, you know, the different challenges that we face and different, you know, uh, worldview ideas. Really, we have to overcome in that. Uh, And today in this in this segment, we have an extremely special guest and a good friend of yours. Yes, Neil Mommen. Is that that's pronounced that correctly? That is correct. Good. Well, we've been to lunch before. He's a great friend of AFR. You've heard him on a lot of different programs. But this program being a new a new program on the weekends, he may be uh, unfamiliar with you. So I want to introduce Neil Mommen. Neil, tell them a little bit about what you do. Well, I am an engineer during the day, <laughs> and I teach apologetics at night. But uh, right now, my passion is to uh, to enable people to to realize what their role as Christians is in the lawmaking of our of our nation. Okay, okay. Now, and tell them a little bit about your website. It's No Blind yeah, Faith, is so, that correct? So my apologetics website is noblindfaith.com. So basically, I believe that faith should be reasoned, scientific, philosophically accurate, and uh, based on logic and facts. Sure. Yeah, that's really good. Now, uh, it, you can tell by Neil's uh, accent, he's not exactly from the South. Um, <laughs> so, Neil, tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you got here. Yeah, I'm not from the South. I'm not from the North. I was actually <laughs> born in Ghana, uh, which is in Africa. It's not a town in Texas. <laughs> and then I grew up in Jamaica, Yemen, Sudan, which, by the way, is a town in Texas, but not the town I grew up in. <laughs> And uh, uh, Ethiopia. But my parents are from India originally. And so uh, my dad was a professor in physics. I'm an electrical and computer engineer. I work in Silicon Valley. So you've just traveled all over the world. And now God has brought you to America. And uh, and you're teaching people basically about our laws and and how we can be active, which is one of the things that we definitely want to talk about, Um, you know, especially on Engage and our, uh, you know, we are reaching into our generation, speaking a biblical worldview into our generation. Do you see a lot of millennials being active politically? Well, what's interesting is that there was always a push to get the younger generation sure. to get involved. And usually uh, it'll last for a little, as long as you're pushing it, you know, as mm-hmm. long as people are out there. Like a, a few years ago, the MTV was like, rock the vote and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what happened was there was a tiny blip. In fact, not many people engaged. So a lot of millennials are not engaged because they're too busy with their lives. They don't see how the laws can affect them. And I think it's very important that we understand exactly how much this generation can ruin it for you millennials, right? <laughs> uh, you, we, can destroy, uh, we can destroy America for you. We can leave you in anarchy or we can leave you, leave you in tyranny. And most often they're tied together. You get anarchy, which results in somebody trying to take control, and you get tyranny. Well, somebody has to take control. Right, mm-hmm. and so you end up with tyranny. You right? know, it's interesting, too, because at the end of the day, somebody's worldview is going to influence society. And so we live in a place, America, in which we have the opportunity to influence where in other countries— they Not don't. necessarily. So, yeah. so what would you say to that when you're thinking about our biblical responsibility, our role, one and the same, for a Christian as it relates to politics and government and the and the policies? Well, well, the key thing is to understand is that if you do not get involved in politics, you are saying that all these things that Christians, usually by youth, have changed over the years, should still be legal. You're saying slavery should still be legal. Mm. You're saying that child uh, abuse should still be legal. You're saying that child molestation should be legal. You're saying that child prostitution should be legal. You're mm. just uh, saying that uh, racism should be uh, legal. You're saying that abandoning children when they're born should be legal. In fact, the, the things that Christians have stopped, usually by younger, the younger people in the generation have stopped, include um, the abandonment of children, abandonment of elders, the prostitution, 
female prostitution, male prostitution, forced prostitution, temple <laughs> prostitution. In Africa, if you were uh, a set born, if you happened to be a, a twin, they would kill both the twins because they thought it was bad sign. Wow. Uh, in India, if you are you were a um, a girl married to an older man and he died, they would throw you into his funeral pyre. All these laws were stopped by Christians who got involved with their laws, not by just protesting it, but actually getting law and changing the laws of their nation. In fact, even in Scandinavian countries, it was legal to kidnap a woman and force her to marry you. That was stopped <laughs> by a Christian that went to the to the king at that time and said, look, this is we got to change the law on this. And they changed the law. And so over and over again, we see. So if you don't want to be uh, part of this change, then you're... You're missing out. You're okay with all the other things. Then you should. You're saying, well, I don't care about all those things, or those somebody else's problem. Furthermore, in fact, even the founding of America, most of the founding fathers were younger than forty. Wow, mm-hmm. I had not thought about that. Never had taken that into consideration. Yeah, in fact, uh, I think Jefferson was. I can't even remember the exact age, but he was probably like. I think he was around thirty when he wrote the Declaration of Independence. Oh, wow. Maybe even you less. know, one of the things that you brought up there is, uh, you know, you're talking about all these changes that Christians had brought into their countries and into their cultures, uh, but a lot of those did not involve a voting booth. And one of the reasons that I think millennials do tend to kind of shy away from politics is because we think that um, political activism is only the voting booth. Yeah, There's so many other ways yes, to in be fact, involved. Well, for one thing is the voting booth, it's amazing because we actually are able to vote here. Right. <laughs> um, in those countries that I was talking about, they had to work long and hard and they were fighting with tyranny, tyrants and they were fighting with people who hated Christians and they were fighting with all these different things and to change the laws. Here we can vote to begin with, but it's not, we can't just vote. We've got to change the laws. So we actually mm-hmm. got to be the lawmakers. So we have to be the lawmakers and, and youth need to be the lawmakers. Why? Because you're going to be there. You understand the things, especially if you're homeschooled, you really understand yeah. what's going on. You've got to be in there. You've got to be being elected, running for office, being elected for office. And don't let anyone uh, say that your youth is of no account. If you have wisdom, that's what counts. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you one more question, and I want to kind of be, uh, I'm coming at this from a millennial perspective, and I have kind of like one foot in ministry and also one foot in the secular world. I'm able to hear and understand some of my friends who really struggle with getting involved in politics. And so let me just provide one question for you that I often get asked. And I just think about how obviously there's corruption in politics, right? So that's one reason that I hear so many Christian friends won't get involved in it or they won't show up to vote or for whatever reason disengage because, oh, that's of the devil, so to speak. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so— Well, 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 there's corruption in police officers, right? I mean, we've heard of bad police officers. Does that mean no Christian should be a police officer? Right. They're bad soldiers. Should that mean we should be no soldiers? They're bad everything. They're bad shopkeepers. Yeah, yeah. They're bad pastors. That's what I was going to think. Yeah. You know, and we love our pastors. We're definitely involved in Pastor Appreciation Month, and we love our pastors, and we we sow into them and encourage them all we want. But the fact is, practically speaking— there are just as there there are the, corrupt people the in corruption the, in, the pulpit. Yeah, the corruption in anything is the kind of person who's in politics. So the solution to corrupt politicians is godly politicians. Amen. Is not to stay away from <laughs> politics and let them run the country. You see, yeah. I mean, again, all these laws that we've seen that have come about has brought about what America is. In fact, you can even talk to an atheist, and atheists think we shouldn't have child prostitution. Mm-hmm. Where did he get that idea from? He got it from <laughs> Christians. He said, well, I don't need a Bible to tell me that. No, you needed a Bible because until the Bible was put into effect in a law, yeah. that's when it happened. That's when Well, we and I think that what it goes down to is that people misunderstand the depravity of ourselves. I mean, yeah. when, when man is left that's to it. himself, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we are incredibly deprived. Yeah, absolutely. And and it well, it's just like you had mentioned at the, at the beginning of this. If you have anarchy, which is man guiding himself, right. governing himself without law, it's going to lead to tyranny. It's going to lead from one evil to another evil. The Bible comes in, the Spirit comes in, conviction comes in, and puts a rein on that through salvation and through discipleship and through sanctification. And absent of that, uh, then we end up with a whole big mess. Uh, and so we as believers have to be that salt and be that light. That's why we're well, given that command. Here's what I like to say. Look, do you want to just live in your culture or do you want to be the agent of change? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be an agent of change? Or when you die, will they forget about you? Well, here's the thing. You are nothing. going to be an agent yeah. of change one way or another. Either your change is going to be strengthening what is already here right. and is wrong. Or the change is going to be, I'm going to make an impact for the kingdom of you're God. You're going to be one of the masses, or you're going to be one of them that make change in, right. the, in the system. And and here's the other thing is that a lot of people think, well, Jesus wasn't involved in politics. Yeah. Well, my book is called Jesus is Involved in Politics. Yeah. Why aren't you wise in your I church? I like how you, let me sorry for interrupting you, but I like how you slashed that was. was. <laughs> yeah. Because originally I, I said Jesus was involved in politics, and I realized he still is today. So let me tell you how he was involved in politics. A lot of people think, well, Jesus wasn't involved in politics. He didn't try to change the laws of Rome. He didn't talk about Caesar changing those laws or anything like that. Well, that's because Jesus wasn't a Roman citizen. He Mm -hmm. was a Jewish citizen. And the Jews had a functioning uh, system. They had a government, too. In fact, just like when we were um, administering Iraq, we didn't run everything. The Iraqis had their own government. They had their own government. We were governing it, but they had their own elections. They had everything else. It was the same way in ancient Judea. The Romans let the Jews do all. They had a legislative branch. They had people who made laws. They even had a president, which was Herod, right? They had their own jails and prisons, remember? (laughs) In fact, they had their own armies. Herod had an army. They had their own police officers. They had the whole system. They had lawmakers. In fact, the lawmakers sat in a semicircle. We got our idea of lawmakers. In fact, the very idea of how to elect a lawmaker was comes from Exodus 18.21, which says, always select men who fear God, men who do not like dishonest gain. Uh, there's a clarification there. And so these men would sit in a semicircle and they would make laws. And they couldn't legislate above their constitution. Their constitution was the Torah. But they could make all other laws. They could explain, extend the laws. And these men were called the Sanhedrin. Hmm. And the members of the Sanhedrin, and I hope all I of you are I bet that about, sounds familiar to our audience, Sanhedrin. <laughs> yeah. and, I be, and if you want to know who the members of the Sanhedrin were, who, who Jesus' senators, who his representatives were, and these guys were the lawmaking body of ancient Israel, these members were called the Pharisees and the Sadducees. <laughs> and we know Jesus was constantly not only uh, challenging them, but he was also in conflict with them on a pretty he regular was basis. All, yeah, and he was calling, calling them really nice names, you dirty, <laughs> rotten, filthy graves. Whitewashed tombs. <laughs> and, who will save, dead of vipers, who will save yeah. you from hell? Like, yeah. Right? No, he was engaged with them on a daily basis. In fact, you can't even preach the gospel without quoting what he said to his senator, Nicodemus. John, John, John 3.16, right? Now, here's the issue. He wasn't just dealing with them on religious issues. Sure. He was dealing mm-hmm. with them on, he said, you've forgotten the matters of the faith. What? Faithfulness, justice, and mercy. Well, justice and mercy, we know. Those are legal issues, right? Sure. Not the mercy of God, just but justice to the people, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. why would they be involved in the justice of God? It's got nothing to do with it. So this is justice and mercy. These are two judicial things. Well, what about faithfulness? Faithfulness to God? No. Faithfulness to the law. He said, you've taken the Sabbath, which was a law in the Torah, and you've twisted and mutated. The Sabbath was made for man, but you have made the man for Sabbath. You've uh-huh. changed it around. You have twisted the original intent of the law. Jesus is what we would call today a strict constructionalist. <laughs> so he yeah. said, go back to the original intent of the law. Jesus was involved with his politicians and politics on a daily, daily basis. And that is what we should be doing too. 
And there's and there's one resource that you've given us that we sell at the AFA store is called what you mentioned, Neil Mammon, Jesus was slash is involved in politics. Why aren't you and why aren't your church? Yeah, and it is a great resource. I know I've read the book a couple years ago. It's been re- been out for a while. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, and so you can check that out. Go to afastore.net. Uh, it's always available there. Neil, thank you so much for being here. We greatly appreciate your time. One more time, give us your website. Yeah, so there are two websites. There's noblindfaith.com and jesusisinvolvedinpolitics.com. So jesusisinvolvedinpolitics.com. And if you want to know more about how you can be involved, you can always check out engagemagazine.net. We've got an article up there right now by Walker Wallman called Take a 21st century stand. You can always check it out. Until next week, keep on sharing truth and applying scripture.